Welcome to the first episode of the CPJ Breakdown Podcast, where we look into the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. So um, first, we're going to discuss some possible first-round draft picks and uh, how they might fit into the team. Um, most likely, our first pick will come in the sixth spot in the first round, and uh, this is most likely, from what I've seen in predictions so far, going to be uh, Matthew Savoy. So he played in the WHL, and uh, if we want to get into stats, uh, he plays center. He could be an elite forward. Obviously, this pick is a conditional pick, so Chicago uh, would have to not win the draft lottery or else this would become their 2023 pick. That does not seem likely. So um, anyway, so he had 55 assists and 65 games played uh, in the WHL. And uh, the Atlantic described him as a dynamic, high-tempo, top-six goal-creating package. Now, as you know, we have a very offensive team, um, putting up some pretty big numbers this year. Um, we have some, some huge players that are rookies that have very high expectations coming out of the University of Michigan. Um, so I think he could fit into our lineup very well. I don't know if he's going to fit into a center because we do have our centers pretty much on lock right now um, in our lines, but he could be a good player. The only issue that I see with him is that he had 35 penalty minutes last season, which could mean he has some trouble staying out of the box. I think it'll be okay. Obviously, stats can change, and you can get some unlucky penalties if you are that offensive player because you are being aggressive and trying to score as much as possible. So people, there are going to be some bad calls. Um, Obviously not all of these are because it's 35 penalty minutes, uh, but uh, in 65 games, but he was, I mean, he looks, he looks to be pretty good. Um, I think he could be a huge part of this rebuild that we are currently in. Um, I see him signing to an entry-level contract next year. Uh, I don't think it's a big contract. Um, I think he becomes maybe an RFA one or two years down like Kent Johnson. Um, He's obviously not coming into the league like Kent Johnson did, coming off of a huge explosive college year. But I think he'll be a good player for our team. Um, Hopefully he can produce so that our defense can still struggle because they have been doing that all season long. It has been so tough because we get a few goals again, or we get a few goals and then the defense just lets up a ton of goals. So, which is a topic we'll get into later on this episode. Um, but anyway, um, so we have around $30 million to play with this year, um, coming off of, uh, for, yeah, for this next year. Um, and uh, I think that's a good chunk of money. I mean, obviously, some teams are currently struggling with cap space a lot. So it's big to have $30 million in a rebuild to play around with and potentially uh, come up w- big with some players. Anyway, so let's get into our next pick, who would be coming the 12th, um, 12th spot on the draft. 
and uh, his name is Denton Matichuk. He is a defenseman, which we desperately need, as I mentioned earlier. He uh, also played in the uh, WHL. He currently shoots left, unlike uh, Matthew Savoy, who shoots right. We can't really get into crazy stats because he had he only played 12 regular season games last year compared to Matthew Savoy's 12 season games, so that makes it pretty hard to judge because there's a small amount. Um, but in those games, his stats look good. He put up 12, uh, two goals and seven assists. His minus, or he had a minus eight, which I don't see as a huge problem. I think that could go down. Um, obviously, with blanks, our defensive situation is going to get a lot better this year. Um, but I think it, it could work out. Obviously, our defense is the problem. It's not Elvis. Uh, he ended the season with a .907 and 59 games played, which isn't bad at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the 300 goals against clearly weren't his fault. Um, and I see this, him becoming a, a I mean, our, he's going to be our starting goalie for a while. So that's good. Um, I think I think we could have some a, a decent defense next year. Uh, obviously, it's hard to come off of a year when you give up 300 goals and uh, don't you know perform quite to the level you want to. Um, I think our defense is going to be pretty weak for the next few years until we can build up a strong team because. It, it'll just make it a lot easier. Um, so, yeah, obviously a big pick coming 12th. Uh, he has some experience behind him. Not quite coming out of college, which could give him some more confidence, but I, I think it could turn out well. Um, so another topic that we can get into is uh, Krill Marchenko. They just signed him. Um, they signed him in the second round at, uh, in, at the 49th overall pick in 2018. He is a right wing. Um, he would be probably not a starting player, but you never know. Anybody can put up any stats in the NHL. Um, we could also trade off those picks that I mentioned earlier. Um to get some players, which we'll get into next episode. Um, but, uh, I mean, if we keep them, we've, we've got some strong players. Uh, but anyway, uh, Krill, he, um, his stats are okay. He had 12 goals, 8 assists, and he played for St. Petersburg last year. Um, he isn't the first-round pick, but he is a good player, and we did recently sign him, so we know he's going to be on the team. He, he could put up some big stats. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he's, he seems like a good player. Um, so, yeah. We also have some other draft picks coming up this year. I know it's kind of a weird segue considering that we went from draft picks to Krill to this, um, <laughs> this other category. But um, we do have... Uh, our original second second uh, second round pick, and we didn't um, trade it, uh, which 
We could get another player like Krill. Obviously, big offense guys. You never know. They can produce from uh, in clutch situations because, I mean, obviously teams cover your best guys. So your your uh, non-superstars have to step up and score goals in big situations. That's one reason why this is extremely important that we get a good foundation behind line A and behind um, uh, Zach Warinski because they're both big players that teams are going to be covering a lot. I mean, they've both um, had their fair share of games and teams know that they're going to produce. So they're just going to double coverage and make sure that those guys don't score. So it's super important that you can have some good guys to back it up so that they can overwhelm that defense and score goals. Obviously, scoring goals wasn't a huge problem for us this year. Um, But, yeah, you you need to have a good backup. But anyway, we also have a a third-round pick from Tampa, even though we traded our original one off to... Winnipeg and um, we have two picks in the fourth round as we keep our original pick Um, um, came from Toronto and um, that is it until round seven where we got a seventh round pick uh, from Anaheim um, after we traded off our original one Um, so we'll have a pretty big draft this year obviously with a rebuild, you don't know how these guys are going to be, but hopefully they can put up some good numbers. We can keep them for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we could have some some good players. So um, for let's get into who we could potentially lose. And the big name that I keep hearing pop up is Patrick Laine. I don't think he's leaving. We just have to sign him to a huge contract. And why Yarmo is um, is keeping him from uh, or isn't signing him already, I can't tell you. But I, I think he will offer. He's offered some pretty big contracts to keep players in Columbus. And um, Patrick put up some pretty big numbers. If you don't know who he is, um, he was injured for most of the season. So... He did not have a good season last year, and then this year he was um, injured, uh, could not play. Um, but we did get a, a good amount of stats, and he did play 56 games. Um, and in those 56 games, he had 26 goals and 30 assists. So he is a really good player who has big potential. He came off of the Pierre-Luc Dubois exchange a few years back. Um, Didn't like our coaching last year. And so, I mean, you could tell that it wasn't just all talk. He he can play, and he could be a huge player in Columbus. Um, So why haven't we signed him? Um, He did come out to the press and uh, say that he likes Columbus. He would like to stay with the city. And he just hopes the contract can get worked out. Um, so that's always a good sign when your superstars do like playing here and they like the city and they're more likely to stay. Um, so, yeah, it's 
the contract is going to have to be more than $9.5 million a year because we signed with Zach Warinski this year. And um, he uh, he did not have that performance. And honestly, I, I don't like talking about Zach Warinski because there are so many other podcasts that will go into it and how he's not worth $9.5 million for a lot of people. Um, he's on a 5.4 contract this year, so that's not terrible. Um, but he, he did only put up a select amount of goals, and it clearly didn't his, – his performance wasn't reflected in the defensive record. So we're kind of waiting on stats from him. And Patrick Line has already put up those stats – um, so it's going to have to be nine, more than 9.5, um, which does chip away at our cap space. So you can see that the $30 million, uh, goes away very quickly um, when, you're, when you're signing big players in a rebuild. He's going to be a part of this core. If, if they want to keep him here, he's going to be a part of the core because he's just that big of a player. Um, He's not going to be one of those second lines. And as I said before, they're going to cover him, um, which is why it's important. But I think he can step up under pressure, as we've seen this year, because um, he did put up some huge stats in Winnipeg. So teams know that he's good, and they know that he's um, uh, he's going to produce for the team. Um and not to mention, those stats that I presented to you earlier were off of an injury. He basically put up a point per game. And that is really crazy when you think about it because you're coming off of an injury, a little bit worried about what's happening. You don't want to get hurt again. And he comes up and he puts up major points in offensive production, which does take the gritty goals. It's not always just the flash, flashy slap shots that go right corner. Yeah, so more than nine point five million uh, this year, um, and with Savoy and Matichuk, we are going to have to uh, that that thirty million does become very small, uh, much smaller. Um, and as I talked about before, we'll mention some players next episode who could potentially come in, um, who would also have to pay big contracts to. That nine, or thirty million doesn't seem as much as thirty million looks like on paper. Um, it's a good amount, and trust me, we can get all of our contracts. But I don't think you see a bunch of new superstars that you're you're constantly looking at. Um, that like it's not like we're gonna have a ton more cap space left, so we could just sign all these big players. I don't think next year is the run. There, it's obviously a possibility, um, but. You never know. Um, so anyway, uh, on keeping on the topic of uh, who we are losing, we've got a bunch of RFAs that I haven't mentioned yet. Um, the big one is Jonas Corposalo. He has not. Um, he has been on the bench for most of the time this season. He's. They're not playing him so far. He's not. He's not the goalie. They went with Elvis a few years ago. We all know it. And he is a top top goalie. He put up the stats to stay with Elvis. But as I said, and I'll credit CBJ Artillery on this one, because um, they did mention this in a podcast a few weeks back, 
Jonas. We, we missed our mark to trade Jonas Corposalo. Uh, he was valued super high last uh, offseason, and we knew we were going to go with Elvis, but we didn't trade Corposalo for maximum value. And now that he's been on the bench and Yarmo has decided that he is going to be the backup goalie for right now, um, obviously he got a lot more playing time because of Elvis's injury towards the end of the season. Uh, but otherwise he wouldn't, he would have been on the bench the entire time. And it's just not fair to him to have a top goalie who owns playoff records. May I tell you, he, he owns the maximum save, um, record in the NHL currently for the playoffs. Um, and it, he's a good goaltender. I think he's, he's very underrated. Um, but, He's just not worth anything anymore because he didn't put up those stats that everybody wanted him to. It it just wasn't it wasn't a year for Elvis, and we missed our mark with him, and uh, he's uh, he's not worth that much now. Um, originally, we didn't see this as an issue because we all thought that he was going to be playing, um, but Yarmo or. Uh, Coach Larson decided that he was going to play Elvis, and the franchise knows Elvis. They have known Elvis for a while. He interacts with the community, and he's been there for um, for our team. He's been interacting with the community, which Elvis never did. He was a top-level goaltender, but he didn't interact with the community, so fans just knew him on the ice, and... For a player to be that superstar, they've got to be both on or a personality on and off the ice, which is what Elvis was this year. He was obviously injured for most of the year, so we didn't get to see maximum peak performance in um, in our team. Um, but he he will be our goaltender. You you can say that he's not going to be, but he he will be. Um, and it's not very corpy to just keep him on the bench. I mean. We could have gotten a first-round pick for him. He was probably one of the best goalies a few years ago. Uh, and now he's just... It's its almost kind of sad how they've treated his playing time as a Columbus Blue Jacket because he did do so much for the team. He was the goalie for that game that went into five overtimes and was probably a huge milestone that we took this crazy team that's supposed to be the best team in the NHL and we sweeped him one year and then Elvis comes in and he holds him to five overtimes. Like, that is crazy. And mind you, this team has won two Stanley Cups over the past year and yet we're the only team who has come close to beating them Maybe Toronto stands a chance in the first round, but I mean, we we were the team, if any team, a few years ago that could beat this team that they are going all in on. They put all of their cap space, everything. They're all in on this team, and it was big when that game went into five overtimes because I don't think anybody predicted it. I think most people were like, "Oh yeah, they got the sweep." They're not gonna. They're not gonna win against this team, who has more experience this year, 
and on paper should have beat us very easily, very, very, very easily. Um, but um, and Elvis was the goalie that did that. Um, but now he's probably only worth. We'd have to package him with somebody to get anything for them. Um, but I, I don't know if we get much in the return. So anyway, we have two more players who will be free agents next year. Uh, these two are, of course, Brendan Gauntz and Dean Kukin. Um, uh, oh, mind you, or sorry, I said restricted free agents. It's They're all unrestricted free agents at this point. They could leave. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we could lose these two. They were a part of the defense this year. Um, Dean was obviously a part of the defense this year, uh, which didn't perform that well. Depends if we're trying to clear space. Obviously, uh, Denton could potentially take Dean's position. Um, so we'll see. Um, Brennan Gauntz was a offenseman. He put up some okay stats this year, um, but it wasn't anything he he stepped up in some big uh scenarios but he's not a superstar player and he's definitely not like super active in the columbus bubble as a sean corrali is or a, like somebody like that who they're gonna um they're gonna put and keep because they bring the fans in the stands, and they're the ones who are bringing in the financials because they're talking with the community. They're constantly doing stuff. Um, and, yeah, Columbus has done a great job with that, by the way. They have expanded the game of hockey throughout Ohio, um, and especially in Columbus. I mean... People like to call Columbus not a hockey town, but it, it or it's not, not a hockey town, like a hockey city. And, uh, and so um, it's definitely big to have a team there that's interacting with the community. Um, yeah, providing ice, like ice and doing all this stuff for kids who want to get into hockey. It's, it's, it looks good for the sport. Um, but anyway, so let's take a break from all the stats. Um, congratulations to two Columbus defenders who were recently announced on the USIIHF uh, World Championship team. And um, uh, one of these players, which is a rookie, only had a few games to prove himself, but he did score in one of them, and it was probably one of the biggest goals that we saw this year probably one of the coolest goals he's from the university of michigan of course i'm talking about nick blankenberg and he has been impressive he deserves this 100 percent. he is it'll be very exciting to watch him represent our country uh in this and so congratulations to him and the other one is andrew peak who is a defenseman uh, as well, and um, so yeah, it'll be nice to see these two. I am a little surprised that they picked people from our defensive unit, but uh, Nick definitely deserves it. Peak deserves it. Um, 
So yeah, it'll it'll be certainly entertaining to uh, watch these two represent our country. And um, so now let's get into the restricted free agents. These aren't necessarily people that will um, leave the team this year. Um, I don't see a lot of them leaving. Um, Obviously, the big one that I talked about before is uh, Patrick Laine. They do want to keep him here. Um, They don't want to let him walk. And he doesn't want to leave here. So I see him... um, I see him staying, so that's not a big issue. Uh, but the other one is actually a person who we just mentioned um, on the IIHF team. And, of course, I'm not talking about Andrew Peek. Um, he will actually be a restricted free agent, and it's kind of hard to believe because um, he was literally just signed a few weeks ago uh, and just asked to come play for us uh, for a bit. But... Um, I could see him getting offered a, a, a big chunk of money attached to a mid-level contract. I don't think it'll be a top-tier contract because he still does have a lot to prove. Um, but he's certainly uh, looked good so far in the NHL. And I, I could see him playing um, uh, playing for our team. And Yarmo will keep him here. I, I don't see it any way that Yarmo lets him um, walk from the team um, to play anywhere else uh, for anybody. I think he is a big player that is definitely a top-time pr- producer um, on this team. And uh, I think he's going to be a huge part of the rebuild. So I, I personally don't think he leaves. There were a few more, but that's the big restricted. Those are the two big restricted free agents that I will mention today. Um, Of course, if you want to come back for the second episode, we'll be talking more in depth about other restricted free agents in the team. Um, We will also talk a little bit about the playoffs because by the time I film that, it will uh, be decently far into the playoffs um, race. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, I'll talk about Zach Warinsky next episode. Uh, not a huge, huge, uh, not a whole lot to say, because if you really want to uh, go check um, some other podcasts out, go check out CBJ Artillery. They're, they do a really nice job with this. Um, they talk a lot about um, some big players in the franchise, Um, So, uh, yeah, Um, that'll do it for today's episode. Um, Thank you for tuning tuning in, and uh, have a nice day. Shout out to CBJ Artillery, the first Ohio battery, Hockey DB, Cap Friendly, um, and the intro song was made by Kama Studios. 
and the song you are hearing right now is by Alex Groholt. 